This is an audio sermon recorded at Highway 71 Church of Christ in Alma, Arkansas. We are Christians seeking to worship God in spirit and in truth. We would love for you to worship with us at 1030 on Sunday mornings at 1808 Highway 71 North in Alma, Arkansas. Good morning. Certainly is good to see everyone and especially if you consider yourselves a visitor. We're delighted to have you and and hope you feel like a guest of honor this morning. And um, we're so blessed to be able to assemble here with one another to worship God. There's very few subjects that I would consider myself an expert at or claim to have some superior knowledge at. But this topic that we're going to discuss this morning, I can tell you that I'm an absolute expert as. I may be even the foremost authority in the world at this topic at some times. I've been in the trenches. I live it day by day. It, it has changed my life. Unfortunately, that topic is worry. A complete waste of time. Because at the very best scenario, that's what it is. It's a complete waste of time. At the very worst, it's a true hindrance in our walk with God. This is something that has kind of been a struggle for me. You know, we're told to confess our faults one for another, and, and that's what I do this morning. It's something that I've dealt with, and it's been a hindrance to me. Just some uh, quick examples, one of which is uh, we've always loved to take road trips, and as now I've got vehicles that have a lot of miles on them, I just constantly worry as we go down the road to, a, to the point where now I don't even want to take a road trip, and that's just like a big hindrance. That kind of started in a way back we had a travel trailer and this trailer was about and i know some of you guys have trailers here too it's about 30 it was about 30 feet from the tip to tip and as we're pulling that down the road you know here i am blessed on this great vacation we got to see all kinds of cool places around the country but my mind was really just so concerned just assuming that we're going to have a blowout the hubcaps or the hubs are going to lock up or something like that is going to happen thinking about the mechanics of the thing, like, well, I got 8,000 pounds back there and it's hooked to that hitch by this little pin like that. And it just, it just ate on me and it kind of got to a, a boiling point, almost literally, where we were out in New Mexico and the weather was like 108 degrees and we were pulling this trailer and pulled into a gas station, couldn't get gas, had to let it cool down because the gas tank, I guess, was pressurized. I don't know the science behind it, but, and then here this last, week or so we took this kayaking trip and I was concerned about this trailer. Are we going to hook these up without damaging the kayaks? You know, are we going to get there? Just assuming that the worst is going to happen. And so that got my mind just thinking about, yeah, I struggle with worry. It is a hindrance in my life. And hopefully the things we look at this morning, if you struggle with this, this will be a, a help to you as well. And I think we probably all worry at some point and whether or not we can completely wipe out worry in our life, I don't know about that because, you know, when the weatherman comes on and there's alerts, you know, take shelter, there's a tornado on the ground, you know, just down the road. I don't know how you can't worry about that or at least be stirred up. But really what I want to focus on this morning is the constant worry. Do Is this something that we live with throughout life where maybe not we're in danger of being hit with a tornado, but just these little petty things that can really eat at us and be a hindrance and a weakness to faith. For the first scripture this morning, I'd like to turn to Luke chapter 
12, I want to notice verses 22 through 34. And this, Jesus doesn't say the word worry, but I think there's a message here about uh, telling us not to worry. And it says here, and he said unto his disciples, therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, neither for the body, what you shall put on. The life is more than meat and the body is more than raiment. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which neither have storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. How much more are you better than the fowls? And which of you with taking thought can add to his stature one cubit? If ye then be not able to do that thing which is least, why take ye thought for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They toil not, they spin not. And yet I say unto you that Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothed the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more will he clothe you? And this is a point we're gonna notice this morning. O ye of little faith. That's what it really boils down to. As I, I know as I look at, at my own life, I guess I just don't, I don't have enough faith to get rid of this in my life. Verse 29, and seek not ye what ye shall eat or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. And that's another good thing for us to consider, doubtful mind, that will cause us to worry. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that you have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God and all these things that shall be added unto you. Fear not, little flock, for it is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. That is what God wants. That's his good pleasure. He wants to give us the kingdom. And so when we think about faith, we, we see here in verse 30, God knows that you have need of all these things. In your, he knows what you need. So do we have enough faith to really trust him? And is our mind in that, that are we in that mind frame where we really know that God is going to take care of us? Verse 33 Sell that you have and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not, where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So again, the word worrying is not in this passage, but it's certainly something that came to mind because Jesus is saying, you know, you're concerned with all these things in life, but... God knows what you need. Seek what is important, and that is put treasure up in heaven. Worry is something we've all done, but again, it, it really gets down to, it kind of shows a lack of faith in that moment. And worry affects us physically, emotionally, spiritually, and it's, it's never a positive thing. We ever say, wow, it's, it's best to worry. No, it, it's never ideal and I don't think God would say you need to be worried in any given situation because the when I say it's a complete waste of time as I roll down the road with that trailer I can worry about that from point A to point B could that tire blow out certainly is my worry going to have any impact on whether I get there with a smooth ride or not no all I'm doing is just wasting time about that the end result is the same and the solution to worry, I think it's easy to understand. Strengthen our faith and get close to God. But putting that into work in our lives seems to be 
more difficult than it should be. So as a, a theme that we'll see as we go through these scriptures this morning is put God first and everything else will work itself out. Because we doom ourselves by not putting God first. We get stressed out in this life. We become worried about all of these distractions. And so many of these things we get worried about really have no bearing on our relationship with God, but then they end up hindering or damaging that relationship with God. We take on a bunch of stuff, we get stressed out, and what that does, it doesn't bring us closer to God, it takes us away from Him. 2 Thessalonians 3 and 16. Now the Lord of peace Himself give you peace, always by all means. The Lord be with you all. And this is the Apostle Paul speaking here, and as he closes out his second letter to the Thessalonians, this is what he's praying for the Thessalonians, that the Lord of peace gives them peace by all means. So he was saying, he understood that this was an important thing. God give them peace by every way imaginable. There is no work or no peace though in worry. In the context of wor when you are worried, are you peaceful? What do you do? When you are worried, that may be different for each of us. You know, some people may bite their fingernails, you may pace the room, uh, you may turn to something for comfort, make it more serious. Maybe you turn to something sinful to comfort yourself because why? We all want comfort. And when we're worried, it is anything but comfort. But the, if we could think of verses like this, when we get in those situations, that the, where does peace come from? It is from the Lord. God is the source of peace, so hopefully that is where we turn to when we are worried. Remember when you were really young. You know, in this congregation, we have a lot of young kids, and that's such a blessing. And we look at those, those that are youngest among us. Do we see somebody that's stressed out? Are these little ones worried about all this stuff? And, you know, we may, those of us that are well past that stage, you know, we may think back and say, what happened, you know? When I was young, I wasn't worried about all this stuff. Well, as we grew up, we started taking on more and more responsibilities. We may have uh, got married, started a family, started a career and so forth. And all these things just add up and add up. But how much do we unnecessarily add to that load? You know, I know I get to points in my life where I'm like, how am I going to get all this stuff done? And then it's at that point, those points in my life where I start to worry, where I start to get stressed out. I lose patience and get in the wrong frame of mind. And so the Apostle Paul understood why, the necessity of peace, and that's something we need to, to understand as well. 2 Peter 1, chapter 5, or 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 5 and 6, we're told this, And besides this, give, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, and to knowledge, temperance, and to temperance, patience, and to patience, godliness. And so we see here a progression. As you go through your Christian walk, you should be adding these things with the goal of being a more perfect man or becoming Christ-like. We know we're not going to attain that, but we know that we should be working to that. And that's kind of the image painted here. Add to this, add to this, add to that. And as I look at myself, there's times where I'm, changing the math equation there. I'm less minusing these things off, and that shouldn't happen. That should not happen, but 
it, it tends to happen. And some of these things here just relate like the temperance, self-control and patience. When I'm worried, I'm not patient. That, that's one thing I lack when I am worried. And so am I subtracting these things out of my life or am I really adding them to my life? Worry is tied to fear. And that fear is all sorts of things. I mean, it's different for all of us. Fear, I'm not going to get something done. Fear that, you know, I'm not going to succeed at this thing. Fear that I'm not going to do a good job. Uh, so on and so on. Fear of failure, fear of being harmed, all these things that we're fearful of. And try to picture yourself like in, in God's shoes. I know that's a feeble you know, thing to, for us to try to put ourselves in the position of God, but he sees us. He sees all of his children with the, all these concerns in our lives, like feared about this, feared about this, worried, concern, concern. And I, I can picture him saying this right here in Psalms 46 and 10. I can just picture God saying, hold up, be still, just calm down. Who am I? I am God. Remember that. And that is something that I know I need as I go through my life is just to be still, put things in perspective. Who am I? I'm a child of God. Who is he? He's the heavenly father. He is in control of everything. Just be still. And another verse like that is Romans 8 and 31. Into that verse says, if God be for us, who can be against us? We're certainly not thinking about that when we're scared and worried because we're not saying, we're not being still. We're not recognizing that God has this. And we're not thinking like this either. If God is for us, who can be against us? Also, what can be against us? The creator, our creator is for us. Do we believe that? Perhaps we don't or we, we slip away from that when we get tested. Further on in that verse of, or in that chapter of Romans chapter 8, verses 38 and 39 say this, For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come nor height nor depth nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and he was persuaded. He was completely convinced. And I can maybe picture him writing this. It looks like he is just trying to cover all the bases here. I'm persuaded that life, angel, principalities, powers, height, death, nothing can separate us from the, the love of God. God has this unending love for us. It's only when we don't recognize that or don't, don't take advantage of that love, that's when we get ourselves in trouble. So we might ask ourselves, am I persuaded in this statement? Am I persuaded that nothing is going to separate me from the love of God? Hebrews 13, 5 and 6. Let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. So first of all, there in verse 5, let your conversation be without covetousness. What does that mean? 
So your conversation, that is your behavior. How do you conduct yourself? Let your conduct be without covetousness or always looking for something else and be content with the things that you have. Just be satisfied with what you've got. Don't be worried about, don't go through life always worried about what else you can get. And we're unfortunately in a world that preaches a very different message. If this was the world 13, five and six, it would probably say something like, let your conversation be filled with covetousness. Don't ever be content with the things you have. That is the world that we live in. It's just out there on any type of media anywhere. That is what the message is that we have to deal with. But we as Christians need to make sure that we can make this same bold statement that is said here. The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. And as we think about the worry that we may have this morning, can we really say this boldly? Or is this something we may cower as we say it? And you know, worry is a lack of assurance. There is assurance with God. We, we know that because his promises, he can't lie. He has given us guaranteed promises. We know that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. And that is why there's no worry with God because we know for a fact that he's going to deliver. With man, we don't know from day to day what man is going to demand of us. So if we're always trying to please man, we're always going to have some worry because there may be points in our life where we literally cannot please man. They just won't like us. There may be something we physically cannot do to satisfy them. And we're, so there's no assurance with man. We may always be trying to fit in and that always changes. But one thing we have to remember is that we are always good enough for God. That's something that I want the young people here to know is you live in a world where you ne may never fit in. You may never fit in, but you, are, you may look at yourself, I'm never good enough for this group or this group. But I will assure you, as God gives that assurance in the scripture, you will always be good enough for God. You will always know what he expects. We have the Bible. We don't have to be left. We're not left in the dark. We know what he expects. We know that well, we can always fit in with God. And he wants that from us. But again, unfortunately, the world that we live in is very different. They want us to be covetous, never be content with what we have. That is the opposite of what we're told in the scripture. And how much worry do we put ourselves through by trying to do the exact opposite of what God wants? Matthew chapter 6, we'll start with verse 25 and then go to verse 33 and 34. And this is Matthew's account of uh, the, the, the account of where Jesus is talking to his disciples about not being concerned with the things of this life. We read here in verse 25, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat, and the body more than raiment? Verse 33, But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Therefore 
Or take therefore no thought for the morrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Jesus says, don't be worried, don't be anxious about tomorrow's business. Think about tomorrow. Does that mean not to, let's throw the grocery list out, we don't need any plans. It's not what he's talking about, just how are you living your life? Are you concerned with what you can do today? Or are you wrapped up in the things that might happen tomorrow? There's something that kind of stresses me out or gets me concerned is when I hear people uh, get in conversations with people that are uh, stockpiling a bunch of stuff, like preppers, you might say. And I know, have known, uh, had friends that are really into prepping. And then I've seen documentaries and stuff where this is taken to an absolute extreme. And it gets me kind of concerned because I'm not like, I'm not prepped like that. But as you see these people and they've got literally bunkers of ammunition and food. And this one guy saw he had a tank because he was convinced in his mind that there was going to be a zombie apocalypse. And I know that this thing well, I don't know if that's kind of dying out or not, but it was a, you've probably seen like bumper stickers and so forth, zombie task force. There are people that devote their lives. They may not admit that, but the way they live, they are concerned about this impending doom that people are literally going to turn into zombies. And I hear that, not the zombie stuff, but people prepping and it does concern me because wow i don't have those kind of preparations and and given my uh, tendency to worry anyway that really gets to me like man i don't have i don't have an arsenal i don't have a, a bunker with food and so i fall into that kind of worry and it's not again it's not good it's worrying about things that could happen when jesus plainly says, I'll tell you what will happen. I'm going to come back and you're going to face judgment. That's what you need to concern yourself with. So don't be worried about tomorrow, the things of man, what you're going to wear and what you're going to eat. Be worried about what is going to happen, the things that really are guaranteed. A natural disaster could happen. I mean, we could get hit with a, a tornado. Russia could launch a nuclear weapon tomorrow. The economy could crash. You know, all of this stuff could happen, but there's only one thing that will happen, and that is the will of God. You know, we're going to face God in judgment. Is it bad to have a plan? And I'm not at all uh, bashing backup plans. Like, for example, if you have a, uh, a plan for if a tornado hits, we're all going to be safe. I mean, that's wise. That's not what I'm talking about or maybe you have a a fire plan for your family like hey if the house catches fire this this is how we're going to handle things that's a wise thing to do to plan ahead but do we take that plan do we as a family run a tornado drill or do we sit every night and bring the family together and say okay this is the fire plan here because we could get hit, the house could catch on fire at any moment no so there's, a, there's a, maybe a fine line between planning for the future and really letting it consume us. And it's when it starts to consume us where we really change our habits on something that could happen 
it really drifts our focus away from what is going to happen, that we are going to meet Jesus. When, when I think when God sees this going on about all this, this madness and this worry and this concern and this fretting, it goes back to that verse, be still and know I'm God. I, I, I am in control. Psalm 55 and 22. Cast thy burden upon the Lord and he shall sustain thee. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. This is another verse that we could, should have our mind set on. Casting our burden upon the Lord. That is a great blessing he gives us. God says, give me your burden. Why don't we give it to him? I know I don't give it to him. There's so many times I don't give him my burden, but he says, I will gladly take your burden. He shall sustain me. He shall never suffer the righteous to be moved. God is going to be there for us no matter what happens. And we know, does that mean we're never going to get sick? We're never going to have a car breakdown? Absolutely not, because that's life. And it's hard not to worry about these things. But we have no control over the future. Only God does. And he says, cast your burden upon me. I will sustain you. I will never suffer the righteous to be moved. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7. Be careful for nothing. But in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. As mentioned earlier, peace and worry are opposites. There's no peace when we're worried. It's not a peaceful time in our life. When we're worried about something, we don't sit there relaxed. You know, when you're really concerned about something, you're not, oh, this is comforting. No, you're, you're tense. Lose sleep. Our health can be affected. Verse 6 says here, be careful for nothing. Notice that it does not say be careless. Be careful for nothing. It means not to worry or not to be anxious. God is the source of peace. He gives it to us freely. He wants us to take advantage of it. And he gives us that in several ways. The peace of, of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. He gives us peace in his word, verse, verses such as the ones we've looked at this morning. He gives us peace with our fellow Christians. We find peace in each other. He gives us prayer. That's a source of peace, just to take a moment to speak with God and truly cast our burdens. Take those burdens to Him. He gives us rest, and that is a blessing. We live in a very busy society, and I know a lot of us are very busy. I don't think we have a lot of lazy people, or maybe no lazy people in this room. And with that being said, though, a lot of times we don't, we don't ever slow down. But rest is important. It's, it's an important thing for a Christian to have time for reflection. God was the first example of rest. God himself, Genesis 1 and 31. Then God saw everything that he had made 
and indeed it was very good. So the evening and the morning were the sixth day. And we know that on the seventh day, what did God do? After God, I mean, it took a lot to create everything. And here he is on the sixth day after he's created everything. And what does he do? He reflects back upon this. He, he sees everything that he has made, sees that this is good. Now I'm going to rest. And that's what he does on the seventh day. And that carried forward to the children of Israel. One of the commandments was for them to rest. And if you've ever looked at that, that's an interesting study because something that should be so very easy to follow where God says on this day, do no work. It was a problem nearly from the start that they couldn't do that. And as we, you know, we're not under the, the Sabbath in the new covenant, but do we ever take time for rest? Because it's important. God rested. He set that example with the children of Israel by giving them a Sabbath. And many of them couldn't keep it. Do we ever keep any time for rest? Do we ever reflect on what is important? And that's why I appreciate, and I'm sure you do as well, Sundays. Because we are here this morning and it's at that time to just take a breath and really focus on what's important. Worshiping God, reflecting on our families, those things that really matter in life. And that's why Sunday is such a blessing. But we know that the world, a lot of the world hates that whole notion that we stop on Sunday. We see that that's a, a culture war, war going on. But as Christians, we need that time of reflection. Again, God took rest, so we need to take rest because if there's one thing that will at least amplify or make worry more likely, it's never getting any rest because if you're constantly going 90 miles an hour, how are you ever going to be still? Because God says, be still. But if you're not inclined to ever be still, you know, how are you going to ever fully uh, comply with that verse? Just be still and know that he is God. John 14 and 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Jesus says this, peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Do we really have that in our life? Are we, have we taken advantage of that peace? That is a, a true gift that Jesus gives us. If we're full of worry, then we're passing up on this very thing that the Savior says, I'm leaving my peace with you. Take advantage of it. But we tend to let our heart be troubled and be afraid. And that's just, that's a, shame, that's a shameful thing. You know, there's a popular reggae song, and I can't, this has been a long, I guess one of my favorite songs, it's Bob Marley's song, Don't Worry About a Thing, because every little thing is going to be all right. And that song just brings a smile on my face every time I hear it, because it always puts me in a good mood. It talks about these three little birds, you know, stepping on, sitting on the, the door frame, and I'm not going to try to sing it, but <laughs> don't worry about a thing. Every little thing is going to be all right. And to me, that's scriptural in some 
odd way because every little thing is going to be all right for those that love God. Romans 8 and 28. And, and we know, but again, do we really know? And we know that all things work together for to, and we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them that are the called according to his purpose. First of all, who are the called? Well, that's Christians. So we would hope that we fit into this category here called according to his purpose. All things work together for good for us. Again, another comforting scripture, we shouldn't have a lot of worry in our life because God, everything is going to work out for us. You know, when I see like these people listed on our uh, prayer board over there and hear about people that are really facing, literally facing death with illness, it really makes me realize how foolish and petty my worries are. There are people with major problems that may be less worried than I am. Loving God, though, is the key. And we know that all things work together for good to those that love God. Matthew 11, verses 28 and 30. This is Jesus speaking. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Do we take advantage of the rest that Christ gives? The call here is for us to serve God. You know, we're not promised that it's just going to be a walk in the park as we go through life, but he, he does say, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. I am meek and lowly in heart. That yoke that he puts on us is the easiest one we're going to find. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. Serving God gives rest to our souls. And that is more than just a good night's sleep. It's going through life with peace because you're working for God. And that is kind of what Jesus is saying here. And again, you have assurance when that is the yoke you are wearing, is the, the yoke of Jesus Christ, you have assurance. You will not find it anywhere else. If there's one thing that will make you restless, it's being wrong with God. If there's one thing, more than anything, that will cause you worry, it's a dirty conscience. If you know there's something in your life that you haven't been forgiven of, you will lose sleep like, like nothing else. It's hard to have peace when you know you're not living right. If we stay in sin, we will have that kind of worry. But the great thing is, is that we don't have to stay there. Nobody does. 1 John 1 and 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And this goes along with you know, the promise, the instructions of baptism, how we wash away everything we've ever done. We have forgiveness of sins. Not, nobody but the Lord can, can, can do that for us. We have a true opportunity to leave all of that worry behind, to get rid of that dirty conscience. And as we go through life, we're told here, if we confess our sins, he is faithful. In other words, this is a promise. 
he's not going to pull the rug out from you, under you. He is faithful. He is just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we've stumbled, we shouldn't, you know, live with that and just be in worry like, oh, I'm out of step with God. No, take advantage of his forgiveness. He wants you to do that very thing. Living with worry is, is just so unnecessary. And God gives us all the remedies we need to get out of a state of worry. Second Peter 1, verses 10 and 11. Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you shall never fall. For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. The one thing we can control is making our calling, making our election sure. We, if we do these things, we shall never fall. And we need to diligently seek God because we have this within us, all of us do, to make that calling. God called us to serve him, make that election. He chose us out of everyone. Make that sure. That is what he says here. If you do those things, if you truly seek out God, you will never fall. And not only that, he says, for so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom. So for eternity, if you do these things and make your calling and election sure, you have this great entrance awaiting for you. So if we have worry this morning, be still and know that God loves us. If you truly love him, everything will work out for you. God is the only one who can guarantee anything and look at what he's guaranteed us. We're never going to fall. If we are really, truly wanting to do what is right with him, we will never fall. And then we have heaven that awaits us for eternity. So if you have worry this morning, just increase your faith. and It's time to get right with God because as we started the, the lesson with, it's a, it's a waste of time. At its very best, worry is a waste of time. At its very worst, it's something that can derail, derail us from serving God. We hope you have enjoyed this message recorded at Highway 71, Church of Christ. If you have questions concerning this message or would like to set up a study, please call 479-647-2658. May God bless you.